Hi, everybody, and welcome to twitch.tv slash Tonight, Speculate brings you a special Strange Friends one-shot with A Family of Blades, a contemporary action-adventure heist game. And our stage manager will be Brandon O'Brien, and I am Mike Underwood, one of the three co-hosts of Speculate, along with Brandon and Gregory A. Wilson, a.k.a. Arvin Elleron, the host here at this channel. We are very happy to be live thanks to a rare instance where scheduling gives us um, more options than when scheduling gives us fewer options. So that is very fun. We are happy to be here. Thank you so much to everyone who is able to join us live, and thanks to folks who are watching or listening later on. I am going to throw to Brandon in just a moment to do a little bit of introducing the game, and then we can go around and introduce the rest of ourselves. Over to you, Brandon. Been live with you all in the GM seat in so long that everything has swiftly erased from my brain. But I am very excited to be with my strange friends again, running a game, and to particularly be playing A Family of Blades by A.C. Luke. We have spoken very strongly about uh, Blades in the Dark having very strong leverage flavor, and A Family of Blades is literally just leverage. So I am very excited to take what is a very mechanically simplified, but also far more, uh, similarly energetic uh, kind of play with all of my lovely strange friends, and hopefully tell what I think will be a very cool and interesting story in the vein of all of the other cool Blades things that we do. So with that in mind, I am going to uh, ask all of my lovely strange friends to introduce, uh, introduce themselves to you all in chat uh, by letting everyone know who you are, what you do, and who you will be playing this evening, starting with Mike. Hello, everyone. Uh, again, I am uh, Mike. I write as Michael R. Underwood. They or he pronouns for me. I co-host Speculate along with Brandon and Greg. I write action-adventure science fiction fantasy with uh, strong found family vibes, which uh, is part of why I'm very excited for tonight. I will be playing Joe Jensen, a.k.a. Magpie, your group's thief. Next, Valerie. Hello, hello. I am Valerie Valdez. She, her pronouns for me. I'm the author of the Chilling Effect trilogy and the forthcoming space fantasy novel Where Peace is Lost. And I am going to be paying, playing Martina Fraga, aka Tiny, the brains. Uh, next, Yoi. Hello, hello. I am Yoin Gawain Lin. They, he pronouns for me as well. Tonight, I'm going to be playing the face named Journey at Oz, whom some of you might recognize as a AU incarnation of someone who is absolutely made out of meat. <laughs> Aha. And last but not least, Iori. Happy time zone, friends. Iori Kusano, they, them pronouns for me. Tonight, I am playing the muscle, Lucy Chen. Lucy's pronouns are she, her. I am required by the FTC to remind you that I am a wizard of the coast and that no opinions or thoughts or anything else that I happen to express in the course of play, in or out of character, are representative of my employer's stance on anything. Let's um, play a game. Yes, let us play a game. And that game will begin with some mild backstory. 
six to eight months ago, all of you were given the rawest deal in your entire lives. All of you were, in some way or form, um, pretty successful career criminals in your own individual lives, up until the point where you were all arrested and given this very weird deal by the FBI. Namely, you can continue being free in the world, but if at any point in time they call you and ask you to perform clandestine operations using your criminal expertise, you will have to drop whatever you are doing and join them, and no one, will, no one is supposed to know that you are working for the FBI, or you will go straight to jail. And this was terrible, of course, but it allowed you to not go to jail, so you begrudgingly took that deal for several months. During which, you met a woman named Joanne Hill, your handler in this uh, special clandestine program, who genuinely does believe in the work and is very glad to have people who know how criminals work helping her do her job, and is, as a result, very awkwardly aware of the fact that none of you enjoy this for some reason, even though she's like, but you're doing good, you're doing the right thing, isn't this what you want? Don't you like helping people? And then she realized something and shared it with you all privately. So privately that she literally could not call or email any of you on the night that it happened. Which was, two months ago, she learned that some of the high-profile cases that you all solved didn't have evidence anymore. Like, you were busting cartels, and no one could account for any of the large sums of cash and drugs and weapons that were seized during those busts. And Hill was absolutely confident that either you all were doing your criminal thing again, or someone else was, and was very eager to pin it on you all, and just wipe their hands of the entire thing. And that's when you all decided, you know what? We want out, and we're gonna dismantle as much of this program as possible in order to get out. And Joanne Hill helped you all do that, and you managed to put some, but not all, of several levels of FBI and main justice leadership behind bars as a result. And as a result, you've all been free to live your own individual criminal or non-criminal lives for the last two months. Very briefly, starting with Lucy, what have you been up to for the last two months? Gosh, it'd be so helpful if I unmuted, right? <laughs> <laughs> Lucy has taken this opportunity to straight up fake her death. Yeah, uh, it's a very easy a very easy thing to do in the midst of attempting to fight a war with the FBI. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, you've been permanently off the grid for two months. Your relatives yep. don't know that you're still alive. They're oh, they hadn't known that anyway. <laughs> but now she's a waitress in Spokane. Aha, noted. Um, have you? been on the straight and narrow during this two months. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, mm, certainly there have been some times where Lucy has used her 
her muscle to lightly intimidate others. Just because, you know, some of her co-workers have some real shitty boyfriends. Yeah, I figured. But, you know, it's not like she's out here robbing banks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, saving the violence for people who actually deserve it. Fair. Tiny. What have you been up to for the last two months? So, Tiny has been able to maintain a side job more or less uh, this entire time. She works as a virtual personal assistant, but the kind of virtual personal assistant who is best known for being able to, shall we say, solve problems before they happen and also acquire odd things uh, you know, for the per- for the person who suddenly wants like first edition copy of a random book, or needs absolutely to get a reservation at a particular restaurant that's been booked for months, so she has a reputation for being able to do that, and she has a lot of different clients. She does not like to put all her eggs in one basket because you never know when someone's going to steal a freaking basket. So she's yeah, been doing that. That's- a very good rule of thumb to have. Have you, in the business of being a personal assistant, ever been hired by someone to do a thing that they knew was illegal when they asked you to do it? Yes, and she has a very particular approach to taking work that is technically illegal. Uh, she will handle anything basically that she doesn't consider to be immoral. So, for example... She does not do any sort of weapons trafficking, but depending on the kind of drug and the reason for its, you know, provenance and and what they're going to use it for, she may handle that. But she is very cautious about taking especially illegal work, depending on the motivations behind it and the people that are asking, because again, her trust level at this point is very low due to being burned in the past. Very fair. Journey at odds. What Hello. have you been up to for the last two months? So for the last two months, odds has gone entirely back into their civilian life. Said civilian life, bizarrely, is being essentially a medium or diviner for those of their community who happen to subscribe to a very minor folk god. So, you know, the usual. Having visions. Finding dead bodies, feeding birds, all that kind of stuff. During that time, has anyone come to you with a personal or spiritual concern about whether they were worried that a thing that they were doing or wanted to do was a crime? I think some people might have, but... Odds being odds would have kind of looked at them very confusedly and then gone, but why though? <laughs> and uh, last but not least, Magpie, what have you been up to for the last two months? So I think because this is analogous to something like, you know, a, a TV uh, adventure show, I think Joe has been working as a secret shopper slash security consultant. And by consultant, I mean, I try to break into your business and I tell you all of the holes in your security. Uh Sometimes the company hires Joe to do this ahead of time. 
And sometimes he gets offended on behalf of some company. And it's like, oh, they really need to do better. Uh, okay, cool. And then they then he has a project for the next week, which is documenting everything and then presenting this to a high-ranking person, frequently by just appearing in their office with no appointment. What flavor of job are you on at the present moment? I think right now uh, Joe is trying to get a like a bank's security on uh, like up up to snuff and has realized that the leaks are all social like it's all social hacking and that's not Joe's specialty and so he's trying to figure out things that they can do to work around the social stuff but that's not what he's great at and so think maybe we we see him in a cafe staring at a laptop and the like it's like a powerpoint and there's a point that joe keeps on like typing and the deleting which is fire these five people and then like delete reassess personnel prioritization while you are doing this you receive a call on your cell do i recognize this number the number is blocked stares squints tell me something good is this Jill Jensen? Depends on who's asking. Well, Uncle Sam is asking. We'd like to speak to you at your earliest possible convenience regarding a serious matter of national emergency. I, uh, I've been assured that you used to previously work under the supervision of a Joanne Hill. That arrangement was compromised and not by me. Noted. Any chance that we can get you to speak to us oh, anytime in the next minute and a half? I need you to make a roll for me okay. right now, Magpie. Well, I, I think what I'm going to roll, I want to roll Hacker to reverse, basically to trace this so that I know what, like, is this an FBI office? Can I get information on who's calling me? Something like that. Okay, cool. How many dots do you have in I have, Hacker? I have two in Hacker. Okay, cool. Um, give me 2d6. Okay, is this uh, just risky standard? Your position is... Your position is risky. Your effect... Yeah, your effect is standard. Your position is risky okay. and your effect is... Your risk is risky and your reward is standard. Right. So um, I got a three and a five. Ah, this is... Good enough for these purposes. So, as a result of leaving the FBI with a couple of rudimentary tracking uh, technology uh, on your laptop, you can do eh, somewhere around three-fifths of the kind of top-notch tracking that the FBI can do on its best day. And that is enough information to assure you that this phone call is coming from an F a registered FBI cell phone number that you can actively track the location of. And that's when you realize that cell is on the move quite rapidly and is eight blocks from your location. So I'm going to close the clamshell on my laptop, throw it in a bag, look fondly and sadly at a very good americano and then walk out of the cafe uh saying this better be good i'm sure it would be 
So does that mean that we're going to speak now? It means that you're more interesting than what I was doing. For, for now. I guarantee you that you're the more interesting of us both. And that's when, as you emerge out of the coffee shop, a tinted black van stops right in front of you. And the door swings open, and four men in suits grab you by your shoulders. Huh. Which I think Joe actually says. Uh, and I guess that may be a good place to cut if we're going to jump to someone else. Indeed. We actually immediately cut to odds. Do you have phones or laptops where you practice odds? I think odds just hangs out at a really rinky dinky run down little temple the kind of thing that you would expect from you know a place that is not really attended by a significant chunk of the population so it doesn't receive very much funding for upkeep so it's nice but it's clearly seen better days so odds doesn't have a cell phone but the temple probably has a landline with like the most ancient yellowed plastic <laughs> receiver that you can imagine. <laughs> it has the curly uh, wire and everything. Mm -hmm. Okay, the landline rings. I shall say that uh, cross, uh, not Crossroads, Oz is the one who happens to be closest to the phone. So yeah, <laughs> they pick it up. The voice on the other end is very timid. Sounds almost like shockingly young. Like the voice sounds like the voice of someone who's maybe 13 or 14 years old. Mm -hmm. And they're like, is this Journey at Odds? Yes, this is Journey at Odds at the Temple of the Great Sage in Reflection. How may I help you? I don't know a lot about what, uh, what the thing that I'm supposed to tell you means. I just know that I'm supposed to tell you. And, and there's like this pause, and you can tell like the voice in the other end is like, how am I even like the the kind of hesitation that is? How am I even supposed to portray how silly the thing I'm about to say aloud is? And then they say, you need to call the rest of the team, crickets, crickets, crickets. I can't be on the phone too long. I'm sorry. And then they hang up. So one of my special abilities is BS detector. I can always tell when someone is lying to me. <laughs> Do I know if oh, this yeah. is a legit request or is it just oh, a yeah. prank call? You know, like even before having to use this thing, you know, no one knows code crickets except Joanne. That's not even a black that's not even black site language that was code that joanne had with you all that's the message that she would send most notably through uh emoji if either a mission was a mission is so compromised that it needs to be aborted completely or someone's life is in danger so seriously that like risking your cover is worth ensuring that that person did not potentially suffer or die oh. so yeah this and you don't know the rec you don't recognize the voice and have never worked with anyone this young but that's that you you have just gotten the crickets i have gotten the crickets great <laughs> so what do you do now that you have gotten this message odds considers the various crickets tattoos that are <laughs> 
inked across their torso, underneath their clothes, going, <sighs> they are very morose right now. But they go and they find the cell phone that Magpie had gotten them ages ago because Magpie had crashed the temple at one point, seen the landline, gotten incredibly depressed, and gotten them a cell phone the next day. And uh, yeah, Oz is going to text the crickets emoji in sequence as dictated, but then also put the suspicious emoji afterwards to indicate their state of mind. I see. Are you just sending this to Magpie or are you sending this to everyone? I'm sending this to the super encrypted, super top secret group WhatsApp chat. <laughs> and it's so, everyone on signal. Yeah, it's so top secret and so official that the only message history that you see there are crickets emojis and thumbs up emojis and thumbs down emojis in response to the crickets emojis. So that's the only thing that's on this group chat. <laughs> <laughs> we will cut from you sending that message to Tiny. Tiny, you get that message at the exact same time that you get the crickets emoji from another cell phone, from another number that you do not know. Ah, nuts. Okay. <laughs> so Tiny was in the middle of trying to buy like a very particular sofa she was very already irritated with this because the fabric that the customer wanted is now on back order so she has to figure out where she can find either that fabric in somebody's warehouse somewhere or uh find something close enough that the customer will not notice that there is a difference but now she has to do something else and that something is leave so she immediately is like, give me one second. I need to make a phone call. And then just steps outside and proceeds to get on her moped and go. She's just, she's gone. You're leaving. Where are you going? Uh, she is going to a safe house that she maintains. It is actually not a house. It is a storage unit in a very particular place. And she is going to be driving in such a way that hopefully, if someone happens to be tailing her, they will very quickly get lost. She's not necessarily great at this, so I leave that up to you as the GM, whether or not she is able to escape. But that is her current trajectory. Uh -huh. Wait, a thing just flashed in my brain. I think I briefly, I think my brain briefly became hollow. Um, where were you leaving again? Uh, she was leaving a like a furniture warehouse. So she is in a particular industrial district in do you want me to pick a random city or uh we do not need to establish the city okay. it's happening in anywhere usa yeah <laughs> um before you leave the building you notice something on the tv okay there is all of the tvs are on all of the tvs are on different local network stations but all of the tvs are on mute but somehow all of a sudden they're all Vaguely covering the exact same news story. That apparently an apartment building 
in the northeast of town. The home of a rather nondescript woman who seemed to be working in um, sales in some prestigious tech company. Her apartment was firebombed last night. And it's particularly noteworthy as well that when they arrived, when police and firefighters arrived at the scene, they noticed that several of her belongings were missing. Like, there are no laptops, computers, or cell phones in the building, but all the jewelry and large sums of money are still there. And that, judging from the remains of the actual uh, fire, they have reason to believe that there was a very large gun safe somewhere in the apart, like in one section of the apartment, but all of the guns are gone. Have I recognized this location or the person involved enough to identify them? I. This is a thing. As they're showing like photos and videos of the inside of the house, all of the some several of the pictures are like badly scorched, but you notice. And this is only a thing that you notice because this was a gift that you gave Joanne as a joke. A copy of Gabriel Garcia Marquez's Chronicle of a Death Foretold in the original Spanish. As a joke because uh, she's read all of uh, Garcia Marquez's work in English and you're like, that's not how you're supposed to read it. You see what is very clearly your copy and you can tell because it's very badly creased from a time that y'all had a minor tiff about the proper procedure of a particular case and she actually rolled it up and bonked you on the head with it um, yeah that's your copy this is joanne's apartment all right have i gotten the crickets text yet uh yes yeah oh that's right yeah uh, that was yeah, you got okay. it just before you were attempting to leave and on the way out. Do we have like a, yeah, do we have a code for Joanne specifically? I would say that you do. What would it be? Okay, so if we've got a honeybee and we've got a magpie and <laughs> we are all crickets together, let's say that Joanne is... Is there a hill emoji? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I I don't know if there is actually, but... Yeah, we'll say that. We'll say there's a hill emoji. And I will, so then I will text back a hill. I will text back a bomb. I know there's a like a little bomb emoji and a television. And then I will proceed with my plan to disappear unless somebody stops me. Okay. And then we will cut to Lucy. You are at work mm-hmm. having a perfectly nondescript day when you get three text messages in a row you get wait on my new phone on my new phone from my hey new life because i didn't tell these motherfuckers i'm alive (laughs) yeah oh no Uh you get you think we didn't find you though really (laughs) a revelation led me to your new phone number god told me your new phone number That's why you're still in this WhatsApp chat. Well, I am only, unfortunately, one dot in brains. So, uh, oh. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get the original crickets text from an unknown number. You get odds uh, WhatsApp message, and then you get Tiny's reply. At which point you realize that you were in a WhatsApp group even though you didn't know you had WhatsApp on your phone. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you respond? I yell to the chef that I'm going to have to take my break a little bit early and pour myself just massive mug of coffee and go out into the back alley where the dumpster is. Okay. And I send the map emoji with a question mark after it. The only person who would know this information in a position to reply would probably be Tiny. Yeah, um, Tiny recognizes the location of the apartment because it is in the place, the city that she's in currently, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, so she will put a pin in that location and then send the coordinates to everyone. Sorry, what city was that again, theoretically? Well, you know what? It's Miami. It's in Miami. <laughs> Fair. Cool. Lucy sends an okay. angry face emoji. And then she hey, runs back inside and says, Hey, I gotta go. My mom's been in an accident. Family emergency. So sorry. Throws her apron on the counter. Books it. She is still holding the coffee. She does not spill it as she runs. (laughs) So where are you headed? Apparently, goddamn Miami. Okay. What? You think she doesn't have a bug out bag hidden in the trunk of her goddamn car? Oh no, you're like, definitely. She is hauling ass from this tiny diner in Spokane in her shitty little, oh, 20-year-old Honda Civic to SeaTac. She is getting the next flight. Tiny already has tickets for anyone who needs them. You get an an alert to your phone. You're like, wait, when did I download the Delta app? I don't... Or American Airlines, sorry. It's like, what? I have the what? Okay. Which means then that odds you have been alerted that there is a boarding pass ready for you to pick up at the nearest airport. But that's when we briefly get back to a an FBI interrogation room that is very poorly ventilated and very poorly lit, where our good friend Magpie is sitting under a very stereotypical, low-hanging, very dim chandelier. No one has come to speak... No one, since you have actually arrived at this building, no one has come to speak to you for 20 minutes. The guys in the van just put you in this room, closed the door, and just left you to your own devices. I guess to see if you'd soften up for the interview, you are handcuffed. This is the moment where you stop being handcuffed, isn't it? Okay, cool. You do that, and a six foot nine, well built woman is waiting at the door when you walk out and just puts her hand on your shoulder and goes, so I take it this is how you say that you're ready to talk? I see. This is not a solution to boredom, though. I'm sure we do. But since we since we have your attention, and she gestures for you to walk back into the room, 
Oh no, you were muted on. So uh, I, I had uh, broken myself out of the handcuffs, picked the lock to the door, uh, and then walked out and was greeted by this very tall woman to whom I said that I got bored and I get bored very easily. And when met with incredulu- incredulity from this person said, I think we live very different lives. But yeah, since we no longer have, since we presently have your attention and you seem to be in such a hurry, I guess we could talk now. At which point she knocks on the door right in, uh, right next to you. At which point uh, you see a head kind of poke out into the hallway of a... Five ten, slender young woman in cardigan and jeans. She does not look like she's supposed to be at work in the FBI. And uh, she turns to the other woman and goes, "Is it our turn?" The other woman nods, and then she—you can feel her grip on your shoulder tighten, but not very painfully. As she redirects you to sit down. And so why were you wasting my time instead of having this person come and see me right away? We just needed to cross our T's and dot our I's. I mean, we are dealing with the Joe Jensen, after all. We need to be absolutely positively sure that we can account for everything that was missing. By the way, you didn't update your living situation after ending your employment with... Uh, main justice. Is it possible you can let us know where you're presently staying? No. You know, this would go a whole lot better for you if you did. And that's when the timid other woman enters the room and closes the door behind her. Um, leans on the closed door awkwardly as this conversation is happening. I mean, all you have to do... And the larger woman continues. All you have to do is confirm for us that Certain things that are presently missing aren't presently being accounted for in your whereabouts, and we'll be on our way. We'll never have any more questions for you at this point ever again. But suffice it to say that if we have reason to believe that you are in fact guilty of theft and murder, this becomes a whole lot stickier for you, yes? So you are inclined to clear your own name, yes? That was supposed to be what the old arrangement was. And then we all got burned. And so I went... Right. And did other things. If you think that, I'm, that I've stolen something interesting recently, then you're wrong. And your source to back this up is just trust me, bro? I mean, I can give you an FTP site that is my consistently updated uh, security consulting history with like tax forms and shit. Right. I want to be clear to you. Uh, You've been incredibly vague. Let's see if we can clarify that now, just for you. I don't trust you. I don't think I like you either. You are, after all, a career criminal who... Upon discovering that your FBI higher-ups were responsible for massive fraud and racketeering, disappeared while we were cleaning the mess. So I have no reason to believe that you weren't part of that prior arrangement. All I know is, 
the woman who was personally responsible for ensuring that everyone knew where you were and that you didn't have other people's property in your pockets is now dead. And everybody else who it could have been is in federal prison right now, so... You're saying Joe's dead? Yeah, you said that like you did not know. I haven't talked to Joanna in months. You seem to be drastically misunderstanding what's going on. The woman looks at you with silent incredulity for like several seconds, curses under her breath, and then turns to the woman at the door who is holding her hand out. At which point, the other woman takes out two crisp hundred dollar bills and puts it in her palm, opens the door and leaves. And the other woman sits down and goes, Okay, now that we know for a fact that you didn't do it, do you mind if we ask you the part that sucks even more than accusing you of doing it? You want me to figure out who did? We literally have no idea who it could be. Everyone higher than Joanne on that operation is either in prison right now or has their name physically redacted from all documentation of that project. I don't even know what they called the building where you worked out of. The only people who know anything about it and are inclined to tell us that they distrust the FBI is you and your friends. You want this done. You do it our way. Because your way isn't working. So I need a long leash, and I need space to work. can be a little bit elastic. I will try my very best. I'm just an analyst here. I don't have sway, but I just, I'm here because I trust you guys. So, I mean, so far as I can trust a couple of criminals. You have yes, me. I know. I mean, I don't know you personally, Joe, but everything that I've read in your file implies that Every time I turn my back towards you, I should be prepared to lose the shirt off my back. I just want to ensure that the thing is done, because you don't know me either, but Joanne was good people and didn't deserve to die like that. You know everything that you've done here is illegal, right? So you're a criminal. I'm a criminal. Let's talk business. Immoral. You don't know how the FBI works, right? Okay, right. Okay, cool. Here's what I'm going to, here's what I can offer you as a gesture of goodwill. You know every other place where Joanne used to stay? Find one and meet your friends before anyone else in the FBI does, because they don't like me as much as they don't like you. Now we're talking. Talk to your friends, do some math, get to the bottom of this, and just like the last time, I'm confident if you can provide incontrovertible evidence of who's responsible for this, it will stick. But you kind of have to do it before anybody has reason to insist that you're resisting, if you know what I mean. All right, now this is interesting. Cool. Now, this is where things get more awkward. How fit are you? For what? I mean, how, how else do you uh, plan to get past dozens of other special agents in this building, if not by punching me in the face and running? Uh, well, 
your your belt is frayed in just such a fashion that I can rip it, use it as a whip or reinforce it. Uh, the screws on that vent there will take me about six seconds to get loose if I only have one hand and I'm fighting you off. And judging by the the fans that you have in here, we're about seven stories up, and the types of federal buildings in this city are set up such that I can take the laundry chute. Yeah, cool. All of this is true. So make it look like we are actually we actually did have a fight, right? Cool. Okay. And, she and then off her glasses. Her glasses are barely off by the time that Joe has um, kind of torn her belt into. We cut to immediately outside this room where. Sounds of violence are taking place, and then a vent is opened, and we hear someone shuffling through the ventilation system. The theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com. Hi everyone. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend arvanelleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com, where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign, which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players, and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there and over here. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and many other fine podcast providers. Thanks, and we'll see you over there.